0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network.
1: Coming up today, we'll talk to Will about his experience seeing the Nutcracker in the Four Realms at the El Capitan Theater and the very cool live entertainment they have before the movie. Amanda Rathkin of Broadway LA Unplugged joins us to talk about all of her projects. And there's a very exciting new musical about the real life courtship of Ron and Nancy Reagan, the President and the First Lady, called In a Booth at Chasen's. We'll talk to the stars.
0: It's Curtains Up on another episode of West of Broadway, a celebration of musical theater in Los Angeles. I'm celebrity publicist and theater veteran Will Armstrong, along with radio host, writer, and theater enthusiast, Lara Scott. Welcome! (laughs) We're very excited to talk to Amanda Rafkin and her work with Broadway LA Unplugged. But first, let's get to some LA buzz.
1: Yes, tickets are on sale now for Ragtime, the musical. It's playing at the Pasadena Playhouse, February 5th to March 3rd. This great American musical returns to Los Angeles for its first major production in 20 years and tells the story of three families at the turn of the 20th century in pursuit of the American dream. For information and tickets check out PasadenaPlayhouse.org Well Will, you were not too far from Pasadena earlier this week. You were at the El Capitan Theater <laughs> right in the heart of Hollywood checking out. It was opening night for Disney's The Nutcracker in the Four Realms.
0: I was so happy to be there after we had uh, uh, Sharon, who's one of the managers for mm-hmm. the uh, for tickets at the El Cap. I was so excited to go there and experience it for myself, and they do not disappoint.
1: Right. And in that episode, when we talked to Sharon, we were focusing on the fact that you get a live show when you go see a film there. It's not every showing, so you definitely want to check with them. I think it Mm -hmm. might just be on the weekends um, or like an opening night kind of thing. Uh, But there's always something cool happening in addition to the film. But with this one, what did you experience when you walked in?
0: We walked through the door, and I just love a Disney cast member. They're just so engaged and welcoming they just know how to put on a show like and from the moment I handed someone my ticket and I walked in and there were so many little girls dressed like princesses like as far as I could (laughs) see and they were buying their cotton candy and their and their little their their snacks to go into the theater and then you walk into the theater and it is just so historically beautiful and elegant and wonderful but the energy Just from every single person in the the house. And what was really cool about this production or this movie is that there was this big set of a music box on the stage and then there was like a DJ booth right there on stage. And I didn't quite understand what was going on, but they were encouraging each and every person that was there to go up and get their picture taken on stage in front of the... Yeah. An
1: Instagram moment right there. A hundred
0: percent. And then... All of a sudden, this, I think his name was PJ, he was the quote unquote maestro or, or, or DJ for the evening. And he spun tunes like that in honor of all four realms. So he like took you on a musical journey beforehand. And every once, but he would get. The crowd involved and I, it was so hilarious to watch all these little kids having this theatrical experience with this guy who's just like spinning the hips and playing this music, and then he's like, When we're gonna go to the next realm, you yell, let's go, Maestro. And like the kids all scream, and like there were kids that weren't even screaming words back to him, just like just like they were they were watching the Beatles or something. And it so was
1: don't act like you weren't doing it too well. It Come was, on. It would was, be
0: infectious. It was, yeah. And then the movie started, and it was so beautiful and so like the visual effects of this on this incredible stage in 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 this incredible screen with the amazing dolby sound it was just a wonderful wonderful experience
1: it's really beautiful it's an instant holiday classic i went to a press screening earlier in the week absolutely loved the film and i was wondering if they would have any ballet before the the movie at the El capitol this is a great thing of tying it this
0: is what's so cool is that we had uh, dancers from the uh, the L.A. Ba- ballet Company come, and they did the pas de deux. And then they had these three ballet dancers dressed as rats, and they did like this ensemble number of the five of them. That Wait, was, was it. Mice? From yeah, the movie? Uh, yeah, they were mice rats. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, well, they were <laughs> some some kind of rodent. Well, it's they become a rat king, so I thought they were rats. And then or the mouse king. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Well, from the ballet, they're rats. <laughs> Are they rats? Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. it's funny. Well, maybe I don't. Okay. But anyway <laughs> some kind of furry so the tiny mice, creature yes and yeah. so but this is what's super cool every single night for this entire season they have a different local ballet company whether they're from uh, calabasas to the um uh, to um, a, a company in, in culver city like they just so it's a great opportunity for all these fantastic amazing local dancers to dance on stage for us local uh, Angelinos and all these tourists that come through and have this amazing Hollywood movie, musical theater, ballet, holiday experience. It's a little incredible. bit
1: of everything. Yeah. you got your cotton candy.
0: Yeah, you got <laughs> yeah. everything. It's great. It is, it was, I, had, I had a really, really great time, and I can't wait to go back.
1: Well, I'm glad that you had a magical night out in Hollywood, Will, with the Nutcracker and the Four Realms at the El Capitan. And for tickets and more info, because they have a lot of great stuff coming up, check out ElCapitanTheater.com.
0: You're listening to West of Broadway with Will Armstrong and Lara Scott.
1: Amanda Rafkin is a Los Angeles-based composer, musical director, and pianist. She's the composer of the new musical The Lightning Howler, formerly titled 300 Bones, and is also the host, producer, pianist, and musical director of Broadway LA Unplugged, a bi-monthly acoustic cabaret show. Amanda, welcome to West of Broadway. <laughs> so uh, you're also a therapist in addition to the composing and the musical directing and the piano playing, right? Somehow that is accurate. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Will had made a comment. He said that probably helps you get through, right? Just with all <laughs> the different hats that you're wearing. What's your favorite thing, by the way, out of all the different uh, roles that you play?
2: Uh, I've got to be honest. I'm still trying to figure out exactly where the niche is because I I like like the dramaturgical side too, like, <laughs> and I I'm kind of doing everything right now to figure out what exactly I want to do more of so instead I'm just doing everything I really like the feeling of writing music I think there's like a mastery to that but there isn't necessarily to the other components I mean I've been playing piano my whole life so like learning how to play a song on the piano is like whatever at this point but if you write a song and then like especially if you get it performed like that's just really cool and there's a sense of accomplishment to that you are like I there there was a thing that didn't exist before and
1: now it's like in the world um and I think that's awesome is it scary though putting your baby out into the world because you're right it's one thing to you know play or perform something written by somebody else and and you can you know make that your mm-hmm. own and personalize it but man when it comes from your heart and soul that's got to be yeah. kind of a different feeling yep and you know what some of the time not as much as
2: i tend i'm i don't like to write lyrics i love to have a good lyricist um and so with, i feel like the lyrics sometimes can be the, vor- the more vulnerable piece. But in the times that I have written music and lyrics, we did a, um, at Broadway LA Unplugged, we did a mental health themed one for Mental Health Awareness Month back in like May, June. And I had imagined that Girl Interrupted would be a fantastic musical. Mm. And so I wrote a song for what I imagined that musical could be. And we performed it that night. And I was, we'll say uncomfortable. Um, But yeah, that was scary when I did music and lyrics and, Wow. About three weeks ago, by the way, they made the announcement, guess what's going to be a
1: musical?
0: <laughs> Girl interrupted. <laughs> You're clairvoyant. Uh, yeah. Add that to your list. Get like, you like a joke.
1: royalty from that or something, know, little, right? some, like, something. Yeah. 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 I, I saw that go by on Twitter. Well, you know what? Okay, so speaking of social media, Amanda, that's how you and I connected because I saw this yeah. account called Broadway LA Unplugged pop up, and I was like, Broadway, LA, Unplugged, what is this? <laughs> and it was uh, it was kind of the run-up to the Rodgers and Hammerstein show that you did recently, the yeah. Hotel Cafe, really cool venue here in Southern California. So let's talk a little bit about what Broadway LA Unplugged is, and we'd love to hear how Rodgers uh, and Hammerstein night went.
2: Oh, man, it was so fun. So Broadway LA Unplugged kind of in general, I – you know, LA is not as much of a musical theater city as I guess I wish it was. There's some great stuff out here, of course. And I, loving musical theater, just always want there to be more, of course. And so I was like, how do I do that? How can we have more? And so I decided to start this cabaret show. Um, and I guess the unplugged part, it's a, if you remember MTV, you used to have a show called Unplugged, which was like mm-hmm. acoustic sets, you know, of people's music. And so at the cabaret is only ever just piano, and we use the original Broadway piano conductor scores for everything. So it's kind of like being at a rehearsal for the Broadway show in a way, because it's like all the same scores, just piano, all that. Um, and I guess the thing that's a little different about the show is that there's always a high narrative component. So this past show, *The rogers and Hammerstein*, was probably about fifty percent narrative and fifty percent music. So There is always, like, I always talk about, you know, whatever the show is that the song is from, some background about, like, the production of the show. And if there's any fun facts about the show or the song we're going to do, I always do that. Um, And obviously, just like say a little bit about what the show is about and kind of put the idea is to kind of put the music in context. um, Because I think that for me is what is missing from Cabaret sometimes is that people who go may know the songs or may not know the songs, but it's, not in any specific context, and so if you don't know the show, you're kind of just like, "Oh, that's nice," but it doesn't mean anything, like
0: uh, Amanda. What? Context. What do you think the most um, interesting Rodgers and Hammerstein uh, trivia that you uh, oh that you came God. across?
2: No, oh man, there's so much good stuff. There's some yeah. really good stuff about the Clambake song, but <laughs> I'd rather say a different thing. That okay. song is just silly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. I love Carousel, and I'm still really bummed I missed The Revival. Um, So that show had some really, really interesting musical treatment to it. Um, So Rogers had written a lot of these nuances into the music to help um, kind of show characters emotional arcs, I guess. And so we did three songs from that musical, and in each one it kind of demonstrated this. So, you know, Carrie, who's one of the – kind of uh, supplementary characters in the secondary romance. is kind of an even-keeled person, kind of more relaxed. And so she sings that really famous song, Mr. Snow, right? Um, yes. And that song has a lot of straight eighth notes. So, you know, it's, his name is Mr. Snow, kind of the back and forth, because she's more of an even-keeled character. Whereas Julie, who's a little bit more um, restless, will say, her song we performed on What's the Use of One and in that song, you hear a lot of dotted eighth sixteenth, So it's, what the use of one? So it has this kind of unsteadyness to the rhythm that's supposed to kind of capture um, the emotional essence of that character. Um, and we also did Soliloquy, and that's, you know, by Billy, who's Julie's man. Um, and in that song, he actually borrows some of her... Um, like notation, there's that part towards the end where he's talking about um, like his daughter. Once he realizes it could be a girl, and in that part of the song, he uses the same rhythm that's from Julie's songs. So it kind of shows that level of connection. In sync, in the way yeah. that he's kind of taken her in um, to his being. Sure. Um, and I just thought that was like the subtle of that and the intentionality of that and like the the craft I guess of
1: that um really I love I love Right, you're so right Amanda because let's say somebody gets dragged to the hotel cafe by their partner and they've never (laughs) heard a carousel hearing that kind of setup makes you want to go and see it immediately and helps you understand Mm -hmm. what it is that that you're taking in yeah
2: yeah and i love doing songs from shows that are going to be here like if the show is going to be in la i always pitch it say the exact dates it's going to be here where it's going to be here i really want to try to get people interested in and excited about the theater and getting out to seeing live theater and having that human experience you know we're all on our phones and doing god knows what else all the time to be able to go be in the room with something that's live and that's active and it's like a living breathing thing um I don't know. It's good for the spirit.
0: (laughs) Well, speaking of uh, theater and now and and being a part of it, something's going on theater in Los Angeles right now, and it's Dear Evan Hansen. I believe you saw it twice? I saw it twice here and then once in
2: New York last summer.
0: Nice. Tell me a little bit about your experience.
2: Uh, Here at this one?
0: Yeah. Like as far as what did you think of the show and the production? Yeah,
2: because it's Amundsen here. Yeah, here at the Amundsen. Right. Um, You know, I think it's always hard after you see the original cast, and this cast is fantastic. Um, They did a really great job, especially given that this is the first national tour and they're stepping into, obviously, very big shoes um, after the critical acclaim of, um, you know, the show on Broadway. And I just think this show is really well done if you think about the actual craft of the show. It's, to me, a perfect example of kind of all the elements of craft coming together in a really uh, cohesive way to tell honestly what's really a very emotionally ambitious story absolutely Um, and i'm sure it speaks to
0: your therapist side as well
2: (laughs) no totally and i mean the creators of this show are aware of the fact that it should never have been successful like on paper you know a show about this person who kind of like tricks the family of a you know a suicide victim into you know believing something like and just the heavy themes and trying to make the character still likable through all of this um you know, it probably you know it was a hard sell in some ways, um, and they just did a really phenomenal job. I mean, the score is—I like the score. And um, if you like that type of music, then you know there's a lot there. The set design—I don't know if you've seen it—but um, you know the set, what they did with the set and the lighting design is just unbelievable, and just helps to serve the story so much. Um, it's a pretty book-heavy show, and the scene—you know—there's a lot of scene work and it's really, really well done. And I mean, what I think doesn't matter the fact that everybody in the theater is crying every time I see it, you know, speaks to, speaks to the excellence of it and the universality of it. And like, regardless of what you say about the craft, like something's hitting in a way that matters and is impactful and, you know, is resonating with people. And that's not easy
0: to do absolutely so you mentioned that you've been playing piano forever but what sparked your love originally for the arts and for musical theater oh
2: man. Well, for musical theater um the, the earliest musical I remember liking. I mean, I know the whole Phantom of the Opera soundtrack. Like, sure. I could probably do it as a one-woman show <laughs> if anybody wanted to see that, which I don't think anyone's lining up for, but. Broadway <laughs> Lamp plugged. Um, <laughs> Phantom yeah, of the Broadway Opera. Lamplugged. There you go. Yes, that's right. Oh man, the one-woman Phantom of the Opera. Um, oh boy. You will know, lose all my, lose all my followers. We'll be um, there.
1: Will and I will be yeah. there. <laughs> we got you. You guys
2: and me. Fantastic. What a private show. Um, you know, I think – I always liked musical theater. I really did. Um, but I think what really made me like the maniac that I am now was writing writing a show. I don't think I – when until you do it, I feel like it's – unless you study it, of course, like in school and the study craft or whatever, um, I think it gives you a whole new level of appreciation for, like, the inner workings and the mechanics and how, how hard it is. Like, it's so hard to write a musical, and the step – it takes – you know, five to eight years to get an original show anywhere near even off Broadway. Um, So it's, I don't know, I think that's honestly what like catapulted me into like maniac status um, was writing um, the music for a show.
1: And that was the lightning, or is the lightning howler? (laughs) It is now the lightning howler, yes. It just had a uh, name change. (laughs) Wow, so what's happening with that? Are we going to be able to see it?
2: You will actually. We um, we are in revisions, but we are about to, I believe, hold auditions for our next uh, iteration of it. I think we're gonna. We're still tweaking a few things from the last time we did a table read, and then I think the hope is to get our cast and do a couple, you know, private readings over the course of the next couple months. And our hope is to be able to put it up in the form of like you know, like a park and bark, like a staged reading kind of performance i think maybe january ish um is kind of what we're looking at um really to get sad. some yeah. feedback yeah to get some i mean we yeah yeah it's pretty soon well, we've super, done it a handful of times
0: make sure you let us know so we can help promote when the auditions are because some of our listeners might.
1: oh want. yeah yeah absolutely That's i think great. we want to have the auditions in just a couple of weeks so i'll super. let you know cool Perfect. yeah what's the um, best way for everyone to just kind of keep up with you see what's coming next with broadway LA unplugged and everything you're doing um, yeah i mean i have like
2: social media and then broadway la unplugged has its own social media um so i mean my stuff is just my first and last name amanda raskin and then broadway la unplugged is broadway la underscore unplugged um perfect keep it simple yeah yeah there's always all kinds of stuff going on yeah and so hopefully we'll get that up um we'd really love people's feedback on the next one that's the goal is to get people in there who don't necessarily know me or my collaborator super well um and kind of get them to see the show and be able to get some feedback on want to have like a talk back or something um get some get some feedback on it and kind of see what's working see what's not working so we can keep
1: honing the script I was like, well, Will and I are a little biased because we already think you're amazing, but we're so excited to see what happens. And, you know, Amanda, thank you for everything you're doing just to build a community around musical theater here in L.A. So we're so happy we discovered you. And thank you so much for joining us on Western Broadway. Thank you. Of
2: course. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun
3: to talk about theater.
1: You're listening to West of Broadway with Will Armstrong and Lara Scott.
0: It was a first date that changed the world. In a Booth at Chastens is a new musical about the real-life Hollywood romance of Ron and Nancy Reagan. It's at the El Portal Theater in North Hollywood November 9th through the 25th.
1: And we would like to welcome the President and the First Lady themselves (laughs) to the podcast, Kelly Dorney and Fred Shindell. Welcome to Western Broadway. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks for
3: having
1: us. Well, we are so excited about this musical. You know, it's one of the great things about just having so many theaters in L.A. that you have all these fresh productions happening. So maybe, uh, I'm not sure who wants to jump in and maybe just kind of summarize, is the whole musical in one booth? How how many years (laughs) of the romance does it cover? Can you give us a little kind of overview of what this is going to be about
3: it's not entirely in one booth the whole time will be a bit more exciting for our audience <laughs> uh change the scenery <laughs> exactly uh it's, you're kind of watching uh the the budding romance of of these two it so it starts when they first meet on their very first date and it leads all the way up to uh the marriage proposal uh, and then there's just a little montage at the end to, to kind of speed everybody through what what we already knew about the Reagans. Uh, but the, this show it really just concentrates on their their courtship and and how the two uh, these two personalities came uh, came together. Starts in
4: 1949 at that first date uh, at Chasen's, which is such a great Hollywood spot for uh, celebrities and. Uh, VIPs, sure. And uh, in, in 1951 is when he actually proposed marriage to her. So it's, a, it's basically two years.
0: Very cool. Yeah. I am in love with the photo of the two of you for the for the poster. Uh, what is the process for you to uh, to get into character?
1: Because he looks just like them.
0: Oh my goodness. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Hair
3: and makeup do Yeah. <laughs> <wonderful. laughs> Um, I, I definitely listen to. Uh, I'm a big audiobook fan because you're in Los Angeles, you're in your car all the time. Sure. So I listen to a lot of books uh, about the the Reagans and, and tr- really try to focus mostly on their early life. But the later years definitely, um, you know, it it sheds a lot of light on what their early years were like too. So just a lot of research on the two of them. I tried to watch as many interviews of them together to see how their dynamic when they were. Um, when they were, were together on the campaign trail and even when they were in the, in the White House.
4: Yeah, I think you want to uh, at least uh, honor the, what we remember of them uh, without trying to get into impersonation, because that's kind of a, a big trap to fall into, and it's easier. I think of Daniel Day-Lewis playing Abraham Lincoln in the Lincoln film, and he was so uh, lauded for that. But, of course, we don't really know what Abraham Lincoln really looked like, exactly. sounded like, but we all know what Ronald Reagan looked like and mm-hmm. sounded like and what Nancy Reagan looked like and sounded like. So we want to approximate that, but we also have to honor the script that's been written for us and make that script come to life and make the scenes really crackle and play with all the romantic tension and, and excitement that was in this, um, this young couple's romantic story. So it's kind of a walking a middle line, I think, between um, bringing these characters to life that we remember, at least sort of in a hazy way, and, and then, but playing the story that's in front of us, uh, just as Brent and Kelly are as well.
1: And you have an incredible team putting that story together and kind of making this happen. Two time Academy Award winner and Tony nominee Al Kasha, who wrote The Morning After from the Poseidon mm-hmm. <laughs> Adventure. I was like, yes. Multiple award winning hit songwriter Phil Swan and acclaimed author and poet Sam Bennett. What was that like stepping into this project? It's yeah. great
4: to have the writers here because. Um, with any new project, you want to kind of let it grow during the rehearsal process, and they've just been uh, so available to us. And uh, we co- we come up with ideas in rehearsal, and they come up with new ideas. You know, seeing how we're playing a certain scene, and so it's just been an ongoing thing. We have to be ready every day coming in for new rewrites and new changes, and even now we're kind of just changing things on the fly left and right. But it's it's nice to not have it be fixed, and you know you're stuck with it. It's more like a, a growing. living thing that we're building right now
3: it's the thing about working on a new musical you're all discovering what works what doesn't work what what needs to be fleshed out what what is great as is you know all those all those elements don't make sense on a page until you really see it up on on a stage
4: yeah so many stage properties it is what it is and you kind of try to make it work or fly as best it can but it's nice to be able to uh feel like, oh, if this isn't working, maybe we could change it. We Mm -hmm. could rewrite it and make it even better. so we And these writers are so good and so uh, understanding and sympathetic, and they they just come up with great ideas on the fly, which is exciting to watch.
0: What was something surprising or that you didn't expect to learn from playing these two characters?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess this is a chapter of their lives that I really wasn't familiar with. Um, I mean, obviously, you think of Ronald Reagan being the governor of our state, and certainly the president of the country of course um it's a little before our time to to know that but but we really didn't know the story of them when they were movie stars mm-hmm. and he was the president of the screen actors guild mm-hmm. and he was coming out of this really hard divorce uh from another movie star jane wyman and the way our story takes place i'm playing ron reagan uh he's really wrecked by that and he, of course he kind of plays it off in his breezy charming laconic way but I think what I really discovered was uh, he was a guy with a big heart that um, that was really wounded by that, mm-hmm. and and that that kind of brings some some tension to this romance with Nancy because uh, he's not really sure he's able to get back into that vulnerable place again.
3: Not quite ready to commit. <laughs> Men, they haven't changed. Them, <laughs> wow. Right? Um, I think, familiar. I think for me, similarly, uh, you always heard about this how in love they were or at least that's yeah. what i knew from right. from their presidency and everything they talked about and and you would think oh so they met they fell in love and they were immediately whisked off into this honeymoon and it, no it was years of kind of nancy waiting around for ron to you know put up or shut up basically yes. and wow. uh so sam had a
4: great line uh, the writer sam bennett she said something about it's this classic case of uh she says, I chased him and chased him until he finally caught me. Yes. And I think that really does kind of sum up their courtship in some ways. Wow. Well,
1: it sounds like it's going to be a romantic musical. It sounds like it's going to be something that honestly applies to a lot of relationships now. And we're glad that yeah. we get to see a lot of you, too, because you're the only two characters in this, right?
0: That's yeah. right. It's all on us. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> but yeah. you can it's take all the glory.
3: One of us. Oops.
0: <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, we'll yeah, let you guys go. It's a lot. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a nonstop show. There's not even an intermission. It just kind of speeds by and kind of maybe over before you know it. But Yeah. It- It'll be kind of a whirlwind thing, and so Kelly and I are kind of just now realizing this roller coaster we're going to have to climb onto every single performance.
1: Wow, and it's come, that roller coaster is coming fast because opening night is coming up on Sunday. Well, the press opening, I know, is Sunday, November 11th. We are so yep. excited for you, Kelly and Brent. Thank you so yeah. much for joining us on West of Broadway. We hope everybody sees this. In a Booth at Chasen, yeah. 17 performances only at the El Portal Theater. You can grab tickets at inaboothatchasens.com. It's so interesting, Will, because when I think about Ron and Nancy Reagan, I don't necessarily think about them dating. Like what Brent said, you know, that was sort of part of their lives that right. we really don't know that much about. You think about what a scrutinized relationship that was. Feel like get a little bit of a history lesson, maybe. No,
0: uh, and also a, a lot about love and about the wounded heart, and like yes. you don't think about the president of the United States to be. Vulnerable or to go through and like I think that that really humanizes him to hear that part of the story.
1: Yeah, I'm fascinated by this. And again, just the excitement of a brand new musical. Sure. And yeah, there's so much more I want to know about that. And but yeah.
0: Kelly Dorney, come on. She's so good. I-, I love her. We
1: loved her and the world goes round. Yeah. Candor and app Review. It's great. So our friend Melanie is gonna be there for the opening of In a Booth at Chasen's. So we will be talking about that after she sees it. And that is gonna do it for today. You can check us out online and catch up on previous episodes at WestOfBroadwayPodcast.com. podcast.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes. Thank you for doing that. And you can reach out to me, Lara, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Lara Scott Media.
0: And I'm Will Armstrong, PR, on all platforms. Thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. And if you're looking for us, you can find us just west of Broadway.